So today is April 28th, uh, day 712 of lockdown, uh, I think. Uh, okay, before I start, it's important for you to know this. Uh, I want to be open and honest with you, with all of these uh, uh, audio logs, I guess. Uh, this is my second time uh, starting to report this, because the first time I had plugged in my microphone, and was recording, but uh, my built-in laptop microphone uh, was what was actually recording, not my fancy microphone. Yeah, I actually I know this sounds I know the sound is terrible, but it sounds shit. But I have a proper microphone, like it's a decent mic. Uh, it's not like super high end, but it's. It's pretty. It's, it's it's pretty. It's pretty good. Like I've seen proper like full time podcasters who use this mic. They've got more patience and uh, are uh, professionals. It's important to point out that this is not a podcast. Uh, I have a lot of respect for people who do podcasts. Uh, more respect for them than to call this nonsense. In any way, a podcast. Uh, somebody did say to me, I, I listened to your podcast, and I was like, no, no. This isn't a podcast, it's just the unfiltered, uncensored nonsense that comes out of my brain. Uh, although, now, see, now this is a weird thing. Because I don't want to just repeat what I said before. Because the whole idea is this is a sort of stream of conscious, right? It's just the things that are in my head. So, like rehearsing stuff would be against that. So that's just me adjusting uh, how I was how I was saying. Um, why am I lying to you? I'm not saying. I'm lying down. I'm recording this lying down uh, in my bed under a cover uh, to reduce echo uh, and external sound. That is a true fact. That is what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> that is how this is recorded. Uh, I. Mm, preparation is not something that I'm great at. I never, ha- I never was like essay prep. I never really did essay prep at university or high school. Um, school. Could you can just say school, Mara? You can just say school. You have to specify different types of school you went to. Uh, and nowadays, what I do is I'm, I'm an improviser. That's my job. Uh, mad that I get paid for that. So I don't really do any preparation for that. We do practices and like own our skills, but we don't, like, rehearse. Uh, I used to do a lot of theatre, um, performing as age since I was, like, six, essentially. Um, I used to do a lot of scripted stuff, but it's just not, it doesn't excite me anymore. So the idea of, like, following a prescribed thing to say here is weird, like, because what I talked about, for, genuinely, for 17 minutes, uh, I talked about two things. And the first of those things was the fact that today is a very special day. Uh, today is Ed Balls Day. Uh, which is the <laughs> anniversary of the time that Ed Balls, former Shadow Chancellor uh, of the British government, um, a Labour politician, uh, typed his own name into the into a tweet rather than into the search bar of Twitter uh, and tweeted the name Ed Balls. Uh, <laughs> Again, I, I just, I just, I just recorded myself talking about this and laughed a lot at that 
and the laughing again. <laughs> There's something so special to me about the fact that he tweeted his own name. And I guess a huge part of it is the fact that his name is Ed Balls. And there's something inherently funny about the fact his name is Ed Balls. Uh, Balls is a funny word. Of course it is. We all know it is. No one's going to pretend it's not. Uh, he can't help that. That's name. Well, I mean, he could. He could change his name. But obviously, you know, it's a family name. He's not going to. Uh, you can, anyone can change their name. That's a subject I've been talking about recently. And also, that I have some experience in. Uh, <laughs> but clearly, you know, it's a family name. I think it's also the fact that his name is Ed Balls. It's not Edward Balls. Edward Balls isn't as funny as Ed Balls. And I've got uh, friends who are like linguists who would probably be able to tell me why that is. Uh, Fred Wilnami, a member of the Spontaneous Players, the improv group that I'm part of, um, and also one of my best friends. Did, a, did his dissertation on why, or is there a reason why some things are funnier than others? And I think he came to the conclusion that, that not 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 really. Um, there's no consistent reason. Uh, but balls is a funny word. That's because of the associations, right? It's because it's, it's it's rude. Without being, it's rude without being grotesque, without being filthy, or, or without being clinical. It's childishly rude. Uh, just a note here, uh, Ed Balls is a terrible person. Uh, for, uh, he was involved in the MP's expenses scandal in 2007. He and his wife Yvette Cooper, another MP, uh, stole a whole bunch of money from the UK. Well, they weren't alone. Uh, for anyone who's not British, uh, there are. I checked. There were Americans who listened to this yesterday. Uh, there was a, a scandal where MPs were charging expenses to their like to the, to the taxpayer for things that are not essential uh, there's some insane ones like somebody built a, a duck house uh, in a pond That's, that was one of the famous ones uh, Ed Balls and Yvette Cooper uh, claimed money for their second house which they needed uh, obviously uh, and then I think they, they sold it. Like, it was all very dodgy they were also involved. They were also separately involved in a, a case where I think it was Yvette was caught speeding, but already had points on her license, so claimed that Ed was speeding, which is just like that's just dodgy. That's what I mean. It's not just dodgy. That's illegal. <laughs> it's literally illegal. So yeah, he's not a nice man. He's not a great man. He's a politician. He's. Uh, I'm inherently untrustworthy, untrusting of politicians. This is a thing about me. Um, and he's left wing, like Labour are left wing, but I mean he's not really left wing, is he? You know, he's part of a, part of the new Labour government, and then he was under Ed Miliband, who wasn't. I'm not going to get into. I don't want this to be. I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I just know that. I know that he's not he's not a good man, uh, but he sort of bought into the Ed Balls Day thing, which should make it not work, because it's like, at the moment somebody's in on the joke, it's not funny anymore. Uh, if it's, uh, that's if it's uh, a person in a position of power, by the way. <laughs> if it's, 
Yeah, somebody somebody should be in a joke to make it funny if it's like someone who has no power, like if there's a power imbalance. But if you're lampooning a person in a position of power, uh, which Edwards undoubtedly is, and then they start going in on it, when they become in a joke, it's it's usually not as funny. But for some reason, it hasn't dampened it to me. Ed Balls Day still makes me laugh so much. Just picturing that moment. he And he's never deleted the tweet. Never. It's still there. People retweet it. People are retweeting it right now. As I speak, people are retweeting it. Because of course they are. Because uh, Twitter can be terrible. Twitter is generally terrible. I've blocked so many, like hundreds of transphobic, awful terrible people on Twitter but sometimes you know there's a pocket of Twitter which is great there's a part of Twitter which is great which is the share the collective like sharing of a great joke right if you if, if you ever go on my Twitter at Marjoy Loves by the way a bit of a plug I just basically retweet stuff that I like like stuff that I love and stuff that makes me laugh and something that makes me laugh is when people just react exactly right the people retweet Ed Balls people tweet about how they are celebrating Ed Balls Day with their family or in this case without their family uh, because of the situation of the pandemic and it just makes me so happy it makes me so genuinely, genuinely happy that this is over that we can celebrate this man's incompetence and yeah he like his PR team a couple of years ago made him a cake that was with the tweet and he cut into it and he's like oh I bet he thought that would be the end of it but it's still going uh, today he is <laughs> on BBC Bite Size I saw this just before I started recording uh, the first time he's on BBC Bite Size <laughs> um, teaching kids about the volume of balls and that is undoubtedly very funny <laughs> like that is very funny but he thinks that he can get ahead of this and it does has, it has some work sometimes obviously he was on Strictly Come Dancing he did reasonably well I think despite not being a very good dancer he danced to Gangnam Style of course he did uh, and you know he's popular but we don't but the thing he's most famous for, certainly to me, is corruption and incompetence. And that's beautiful. The other thing I talked about the first time I recorded this, and I want to talk about it again because it's still beautiful, uh, is I want to talk about YouTube for a little bit. I uh, have so much respect for people on YouTube hang on, uh, let me caveat that for the people who aren't racist assholes on YouTube, you know who I'm talking about if you're fans of the people on YouTube there are, you know I'm not going to get into it uh, the really good people on YouTube, the people who are really good at it, I have so much respect for them because, sorry, that was uh, me was be sneezing, I'm not going to edit it out um, and it's not because I'm ill. I just uh, it's because I'm under these covers, and it's uh, it's difficult to breathe. Um, <laughs> genuinely, yeah. 
<laughs> but um, on the first week of lockdown in America, uh, the late night shows really struggled with what they had to do. Like a lot of them showed repeats. Um, the first one that I saw of Seth Meyers, uh, who does late night with Seth Meyers, was him from his house, and he gave a shout out to YouTubers, being like, "It's amazing what they can pull off." Because obviously he's got a, a, a team of hundreds, right? Dozens of writers, producers, camera people, editors, stage managers, like hundreds of people, right, to do his show. And he was trying to do it in his house with a camera that wasn't the best, uh, setup that wasn't the best, microphone that wasn't the best. In fact, I think he might even have been using the same microphone I'm using. Um, <laughs> and he gave a shout out to people because it's kind of amazing, right? Like, a lot, obviously, a lot of the big YouTube channels now have people who they hire to like editing and stuff. Like, it's, it's not, it's not all the big, big channels, it's not a one person job. But it usually starts out as that. And they can do some amazing things with just uh, one camera or a good setup. Uh, and just. And they've been flourishing, right? People on YouTube have been flourishing during this uh, lockdown. Because they, they know what to do. <laughs> They're like, oh no, I'm locked in my house. Cool, that's where I work. <laughs> uh, so there's been some great content on YouTube. Uh, I recommend I, I recommend the website YouTube. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, <laughs> I recommend it. Like I, was, I talked to some people the other day about how different this would be, uh, imagine if this, the, this pandemic had happened in 2004, like before YouTube was a thing, Skype was around but it was worse than it is now, Zoom definitely didn't exist, I don't think Zoom existed before the lockdown, I think it's a, I think a time traveller has gone back in time and created Zoom just, just before uh, the pandemic uh, in order to save us or to make lots of money, or both. But YouTube has been great, and one of the things I've loved on YouTube is uh, there's been a lot of people like playing, like recording, like a lot of musicians uh, playing live and recording that on YouTube, and that's been that's been delightful. Uh, ben Gebhard of Def Capri Kitty, who at one time I would have probably told you were my favourite band, um, you know, well, as a teenager, definitely. Uh, I watched the OC, um, <laughs> like. They were featured. One of the main characters in the OC was obsessed with Death Capri Kitty. Uh, and then he had a girlfriend. Who, the, the reason they got together was because they were both into comics and Death Capri Kitty. And I was into comics and Death Capri Kitty. You know, you, you, <laughs> you, you see how these things happen. But Ben Gabbard of Death Capri Kitty, uh, when the lockdown first started, he did two weeks where every day he would perform for an hour for his fans, uh, which is great. He'd also promote charitable causes, uh, just having a guitar or having a piano. And it was just really nice. Uh, he still does it every week on Thursday. Uh, and it's, you know, songs I used to love and still do to some extent. Um, and it's really nice to see. But last night, uh, just before I went to bed, after I watched some old Westworld, because of course I did, 
Westworld, as I've established, is fantastic. Um, just before I went to bed, I saw that the Muppets had uploaded a video two days ago. And it's so good. It's... I love the Muppets. I need to tell you that. I, I went into this in detail in the, the one, the now, the now lost recording. But I love the Muppets. I love the Muppets. I love Sesame Street growing up. Uh, Sesame Street taught me everything. That's not true. My parents taught me loads of stuff. Uh, <laughs> teachers taught me loads of stuff. I had a really good upbringing. Uh, but Sesame Street was part of that. Um, I recommend it to everyone. I'm <laughs> just recommending Sesame Street to people. Hey, have you heard of YouTube? If you've not heard of YouTube, have you heard of Sesame Street? Um, but Sesame Street was great, and I, I graduated from that into the Muppets. The Muppets uh, Tonight was on when I was uh, when I was nine years old. Uh, I own the very, uh, the, uh, the I own the seasons of the Muppet Show that are available on DVD. Uh, I loved Muppet Christmas Carol when I was younger. I still love a Muppet Christmas Carol. I watch it every Christmas. One of my favorite Christmases of like. The past ten years, uh, I, was a, I was in the unfortunate position that I couldn't uh, go home. I couldn't uh, go to visit family, and family couldn't come here. Um, so I was on my own for Christmas. Like we had the uh, we had the Christmas dinner and stuff like um the month before. I think that's like two or three years ago. So I celebrated by having a very long bath in my flat, and watching my Christmas Carol, and it was delightful. I highly recommend that. I mean, do it now. I mean, what else are you doing? You know, it's a lockdown. What else are you going to be doing? But this video is so simple. It is Kermit the Frog, uh, social distancing in a swamp, obviously. And he doesn't say anything. He's holding a he's holding a banjo, and he just starts playing Rainbow Connection. And it's beautiful, like that's one of my favourite songs, it's a, such a beautiful song. Uh, and he plays the whole song. His voice obviously has changed over the years, but you know, he's still Kermit the Frog. And when he finishes playing the song, this is the best part, he leans over and switches off the camera. I love that so much, I love that attention to detail that the Muppets have. To realism, like Kermit the Frog leans over and switches off the camera. I mean, he doesn't, obviously, because <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But it's just beautiful. I remember um, there's an interview with Michael Caine. I think it's on the DVD for *Up Against the Carol*, or I might have just seen it on YouTube. YouTube is great. You should go on it. Where somebody asks him, "What was it hard?" performing with the Muppets, like uh, like looking the Muppets in the eyes rather than like looking at the, the puppeteers or whatever. And Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine, I should say, just looks at them like, no. Of course, what do you mean? <laughs> of course not. Like, Kermit is an, an icon, <laughs> you know? Of course you look Kermit the Frog in the eyes. <laughs> he has earned your respect. Uh... And I just think that this our our world the our worldwide commitment to the Muppets as a concept and the way that they just they turn up in films and nobody's ever like, oh nobody ever mentions that they're puppets in the films or in the T V shows and that makes me so happy. 
like there is joy in the world right uh, if we can all accept that Muppets are real right? I don't know I don't know what that means uh, I don't know what that means but I, I believe it and I would fight to fight people to the death <laughs> over that this is the hell I would choose to die on um, <laughs> so if you could if you want to check it out you can watch that or just watch you know oh there's a beautiful video for instance of uh, Kermit and Ralph uh, who were Jim Henson's two favourite puppets to, to Muppet, Muppets to Puppeteer performing a duet a Rainbow Connection at one of the D23 Disney Expos and it genuinely makes me cry uh, I mean everything makes me cry uh, I'm an emotional kind of person uh, <laughs> but I recommend it uh, I saw it of course on YouTube and one last thing I just want to very quickly check up and talk about before I you know stop recording this for the second time is that today is uh, Sir Terry Pratchett or would be Sir Terry Pratchett's uh, 72nd birthday I think it's 72nd I might be wrong I just read that before I started recording um, I, I'll talk about Terry Pratchett at some point in one of these um, I think it's important I spent ages talking about Ed Balls a man I don't like uh, and celebrating his incompetence it would be good to talk about Terry Pratchett and celebrate his absolute competence at writing uh, absolute competence that's a good way to <laughs> I don't know if that really counts as a compliment okay so anyway uh, stay safe uh, stay well, stay at home uh, and if you are going to search for something on Twitter uh, make sure you type it into the search bar don't don't tweet it. Uh, my name is uh, Marjoy, by the way. Goodbye.